0: We rarely know what lies beneath the sexy, filtered version of life that we see online. So we're lifting the lid and having the conversations about money that no one else is having. So settle in, grab yourself a coffee and come join the conversation. Claire from her Instagram account, My Frugal Year, where she posted anonymously about her journey out of debt after reaching breaking point in 2019. We talked to Claire about why we're all so judgmental when it comes to money, and how we can find peace in our own relationship with money. So settle in, grab yourself a coffee, and come join the conversation. So Claire, thank you so much for coming to join us. And we're going to start off by discussing one of the topics that I am fascinated by and that is popular culture so popular culture in the UK we are so obsessed and interested in the lives of rich and famous we've grown up on the diet of the Kardashians and the made in Chelsea and yet celebrities and these millionaires all get a lot of attention and criticism and hate ultimately for the wealth So why do you think it is that the rich and wealthy and famous are such a popular target for our judgment?
1: I think it's really, really complicated. I think some of it comes down to sort of like a bit of envy, but I'm not saying that in a like, you know, that oh, people are just jealous sort of way. I think envy is like a very legitimate emotion to feel. And especially if you feel that you work really really hard and it's just not happening for you um I think then to be sort of to be conscious that there are people who are paid a a lot of money to do what you perceive to be an easy job can be quite hard to stomach and I think you know that's that's definitely something that we saw quite a lot of at the start of the pandemic. So not so much with celebrities. And I genuinely, I think that celebrities get it less than say like big influencers um, because I think there's a degree of separation. I think we all know that Eva Longoria doesn't use Clairol nice and easy to cover up her roots. Like I think that's kind of acknowledged but I think influencers have that kind of you know, often they started out being like very relatable. And um, then, you know, as their kind of um, status has grown, and those opportunities have grown, uh, they've, you know, become a lot wealthier, they've got a lot more material wealth. um, And I think that they, sometimes get like the very pointy end of the stick um, I'm thinking of you know people who've sort of experienced this like exponential kind of growth and like, people like Mrs Hinch who've grown like a massive brand um you know I I think that she probably has more pages of like vitriol on tattle than anybody any celebrity um and so it's I think that's quite interesting i think that yeah I, I mean i also do think that people aren't generally aware of what you know what sort of celebrities or you know people working in the media actually do for their job i think there's a perception that the small amount of time that you see people on screen or see them at a concert or whatever um is all the work that they're doing and I mean, as, as someone who works in the media a bit and does, you know, works with brands, the, most of my job is still replying to emails and having meetings like that, you know. So I think, obviously, there are, like, mega stars who can sort of charge, like, hundreds of thousands of pounds for five minutes of their time. Like, that. that is true. Um, But, yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like the world's quite exhausting at the moment, and people have become very cynical and it's definitely something that I've fallen like fallen foul of myself I think I I can't remember even what song I was listening to on the radio the other day it was something I was like really enjoying it and I was like actually sometimes I even allow myself not to think about how much talent and how unique that is for people to be a recording artist and think and. And come up with something that gives so many people so much enjoyment um and you know like I, I i think sometimes we forget about the value in that and the fame and the money is usually a side you know not always actually but usually a side effect of like tremendous talent um and so i think it's it's very very difficult but i i really see both sort of sides of it that is very hard to stomach the the um, the numbers and the amounts that people are being paid if you're struggling and there is so much there is so much struggling happening at the moment especially in post covid landscape um but on the other side of things i think it's not necessarily the individuals that it, it's everyone's operating within a system, uh, that is grossly unfair. So it's, it's really, I think it's really difficult to reconcile the two.
2: Yeah. I, I think you're so right. Like you've made so many amazing points there and I agree with everything you said. One thing that I heard the other day that was so interesting was someone talking about the fact that Michael Jordan was undoubtedly the most talented But if Michael Jordan didn't work the hardest, would he have had the success he'd had? Absolutely not. Like, where would he have got if he hadn't worked hard? Pretty much nowhere. And I think it is really interesting, the point you make about kind of how there's celebrities who kind of have this fame, they might have this like incredible talent and it's kind of more or less consistent, you know, celebrities can pretty much like explode on the scene. Whereas like with influencers, they generally tend to build up a profile over time. And you're right, like they can really start out like Mrs. Hinch is a great example. They can start out really relatable and over time, because they're so relatable that makes them popular and therefore successful and we literally watch them transform in front of our eyes and they might go from being relatable to you know famous for that thing but then they no longer find themselves in the position that's what made them so relatable and I I wonder how how you personally feel about that and how what your experience is because you started my free will year when you had 27,000 pounds worth of debt and you've now not only paid off your debt but you're in the amazing position of being able to buy a home and i wonder if you ever feel like you need to kind of justify that and like justify your financial position in light of the journey you've been on
1: yeah all the time actually and it is i think it's i think it is really difficult i think i think it's hard enough if the topic if your kind of topic isn't money um but I yeah I I struggle to navigate it and I probably don't always get it right some days I feel like nobody's entitled to any more information about my life than I want to give and then on other days I feel like I need to have to be you know way more transparent than I feel comfortable with so it's not something that I've got all figured out I think a a couple of things are you know I, I have been incredibly lucky like there's been you know so many opportunities that have come from like good fortune basically um and you know for all of the people writing about um this particular topic um whether it's like money or debt or well-being or whatever um you know there are probably only like very few who get like the cut through that I got in the beginning um and that that was like a combination of luck and I suppose the fact that I was writing about it from quite like a raw honest place and um you know that that's afforded me so many opportunities um and the ability to you know for the first 18 months actually I was not earning more than my previous salary and and, and it was you know I was freelancer, so it was very touch and go it was very very difficult and then when my book was published I suddenly was being offered a lot more work and my audience was growing and it was quite like exponential the you know, so things happened then very quickly. I was able to really speed up paying off my debt. And then in the last kind of six to 12 months, been able to save really, really quickly for home. Um, and I suppose the the sort of, the thing that I quite often think to myself is like, would it, I have two choices in that position. Uh, the first choice would be to uh, lie. And pretend that things weren't going as well as they are in order to stay relatable or to turn down opportunities that could um, change life for me, for my, um, you know, For my sons, for um, my, you know, members of mine and my husband's extended family who we would be able to help for the um, people that I'm able to commission to write for my website for, you know, growing that hopefully into something that can, um, you know, be a force for good all of that stuff you know am I really willing to say no to all of that in order to stay relatable so those are my two those would be my two choices um and I don't choose either of those I choose to go forward with things so and I think that for the most part people are very understanding I think one of the things that I always try to do is like I I will never say now I did this in two years so you can do it too because I just recognize you know it's like those articles the clickbaity articles that you see like on the sun and the daily mail where someone's saved like a 50 grand deposit for a house in six months for example which is essentially what we've done uh and then you find out that they lived at home with their parents 48 grand of that was an inheritance and actually you know the sort of uh like you know reusing blue roll or whatever only accounted for about five pound 50 of that so I think you know I'm really I really don't ever want to do that and I'm always quite open about where the money's come from um but yeah it's is very very tr- is tricky and and I know that it will uh, inevitably like alienate some people but all I can do really is try my best to be as as transparent as possible while still trying to retain a little bit of privacy
2: yeah I can see that that is really tricky for you and I mean I think that keeping that transparency I think that's what's made you so popular and so successful in the first place and that's kind of what you have to stick with but one thing I kind of wondered is do you get judgment on the flip side as well because in in my experience like what we see in the world is like basically people are going to judge you either way they either think you've got too much or not enough and like for me like a personal example I can give is I um last year I needed a car and I got a I drive a mercedes a class and a few people have said to me oh you know you drive a mercedes you must be doing really well for yourself and so i get that sort of judgment but then on the other hand i also get judgment of like oh you're only driving a mercedes like what you don't have a range rover yet sort of thing and i just wonder if you get the the op- the judgment on the other side of the scale as well like kind of it's not enough sort of thing
1: yes Definitely, there is some of that. I think sometimes that that sort of judgment for me to, towards me anyway comes across more as um, uh, like uh, in sort of being patronised. So um you know, it's very very hard if your like headline uh, has always been a number, like a five figure sum of debt. It's very very hard to shake that. With, su- with certain sort of subsections I suppose of su- society it's very very difficult to shake that perception of you as the person who accrued that rather than a- as like a whole picture of sort of like you know getting into it getting out of it um, and everything that came after so you know I, I do sometimes still have people like thinking that they're being helpful but telling me like very obvious information and things that I've written extensively about as well um and I think some of that is potentially to do with the fact that I'm a woman I don't think that Dave Ramsey gets that um but uh I won't I won't get started on Dave Ramsey otherwise we'll definitely run over um but yeah so and I I think you know when my first book was published there was, uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, ejected from like the Instagram bubble of my like nice audience. And there was loads of judgment. And I've been on radio shows where people have texted in saying like awful, awful things about me. Um, But to be honest, I just think those people must be so insecure in their own relationship with money if they feel the need to feel so superior. And i also like I would imagine that some of them have like brothers, sisters, sons, daughters who are petrified to ask them for help or talk to them about money because they know that they're so judgmental um and like i I have not really regards money because I've always struggled with it, but in loads of different ways i've all, i've been very judgmental sometimes in the past and or it's it's such like a self it's such self harm um because when you have all of those preconceptions I think sometimes then if you find yourself in that situation you're extra hard on yourself Um, and also just having all of those like all of that sort of anger with no place to go because there's no point in being angry about something that someone else has done that doesn't affect you at all unless we're talking like you know justice inequality um you know if it's just that someone's got got into a situation that they're finding very difficult um like you as a stranger being angry about it or casting judgment on them there's not you know it's not there's no point so i think it's difficult and i do think that there's a there's a really odd kind of double standard um towards people who are are struggling because there's the there's this sort of like image of like the sort of righteous poor and the fact that like money's the root of all evil etc but then um, you know uh, struggling with money and being in financial difficulty and living in poverty is also incredibly stigmatized and there are so many I, I think that the difference between that and the judgment of the rich is that rich people are already living in material comfort they most of them especially celebrities have all of the resources to block out all of that it makes zero difference to them what society thinks of them in in most ways they are you know as long as they retain their their following their audience as long as they're doing their thing they're still you know living a nice life whereas it makes a massive difference to people living in poverty what the societal percep- perception of them is because it affects the way that people vote and that affects policy which has a direct knock-on effect to the conditions that they live in the helps that the help that's available to them so i think you know there are judgments on both ends of the spectrum but the big difference is that one end of the spectrum is way way more vulnerable to the um the effects of that judgment than the other if that makes sense
0: yeah that makes total sense and I think it's actually a really interesting perspective for a lot of people to think about that and there are a lot of overlaps but I think as you pointed out there you know actually the the overall perception of people struggling has so much influence on how people vote and the decisions people make whereas actually we're probably not going to affect the lives of the rich and famous by being angry or bitter towards them but that being said there is a big issue I think with with people that are in the public eye being targeted specifically and called out for the amount of money, the wealth of decisions that they they make. And do you think that that's an inevitable consequence of choosing to put your life in the public eye ultimately?
1: I think sort of, I suppose yes and no. I think most people who are like actively seeking That like public recognition, you know, um, are maybe a bit aware of what they're getting themselves into. I think that you know, as we said earlier, some people are catapulted into that, and for some people, it's an unwelcome side effect of doing what they love and are good at. Um, And I think it's very difficult. And the public are fickle; like they can turn on a dime. They can turn on, um, like one one thing one thing said and I think like without getting into the whole cancel culture um debate because that's like a three-hour conversation by itself um I think that when people are picked out as like figureheads uh without anyone thinking to sort of actually challenge the system that uh, sets this up and allows people you know allows people to be um, picked out as you know the special ones and and pay like paid loads and you know have this brilliant life. I also think that a lot of the people who are you know feeling so much vitriol. Um, and I mentioned tattle earlier mainly because there was um, a, another article published about it this week. I think it was by Sheeran Kale, but I'm not sure. Um, is like the the rage that goes into that a I think it's a bit misdirected but also I genuinely think people need to try and remember that there's a trade-off so you know you I think for most for most of these people we've seen like that narrative so many times in different films and stuff but for a lot of people who are like famous and the 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 massive wealth extraordinary wealth that comes along with that they have no control over their own lives they can't make any of their own decisions um they can't go anywhere without being absolutely hounded like I remember listening to the radio um a couple of years ago when Justin Bieber had checked into a hotel in the middle of nowhere and asked for a glass of milk and then you know the following morning this bartenders on radio one talking about how he ordered a glass of milk and I just think uh, I you cannot pay me enough to deal with that kind of attention and to have so little control and so little freedom and I think the you know the thing that brings that full circle is that the reason that most people want money is for security and control and freedom and if you have so much money but the fame that comes along with that you you lose those things you come back full circle so you might have like the best you know the best life ever from the outside but if you're not in control of it like that's not something I would want I
2: think you've articulated that perfectly well and I think we just see that so much today but like you say we make these judgments and we just don't realize the individual person that is behind the the character or the persona that we're seeing out there in the media and I really love what you said which I I, I totally agree with is that most people want more money for security, to feel safe, to feel in control and to feel free and you talk a lot um, about financial well-being in your work and how we can improve our financial well-being and it really seems to me like basically if we stopped judging everybody else and judging ourselves you know compared to other people and just focused on exactly that how do we help secure ourselves and our future and move forward and get more in control and whatever we would all be doing far better, but it is really difficult in the world we live in where we're constantly bombarded by all the things we should buy and all the things we should have by this point in our lives and whatever, you know, it's just relentless. Um, And I wonder what sort of, if you have any advice for how somebody who is really stuck in that kind of whirlwind of just constant judgment and feeling like they should be somewhere they're not, how do we break away from that how do we stop judging ourselves and others and just concentrate on what's important for our own for our own financial well-being
1: yeah so I think judgment and comparison go hand in hand and there's you know there's quite a lot of talk about comparison culture especially since you know the dawn of sort of Instagram and then now TikTok of you know we find like myriad ways to compare ourselves to other people whether that's favorably or unfavorably and I think that's um that's kind of the thing we talk quite a lot about how comparison can make us feel inferior but I don't I don't think we are very good at talking about how um you know sometimes comparison can feed like a superiority complex as well so um you know sort of look at like actively looking for where you are better than someone at something I was using air quotes there but I've realize that no one could see that but um I think and I think it's a lot of it's sort of to do with like self-worth I think quite often we judge other people if we're struggling a little bit with our own self-worth I talk quite a lot about separating like your self-worth from your net worth so specifically to money um and some of the ways I think that we can do that are to like step off that hedonic treadmill so that's like a sort of psychological concepts about it's also known as um hedonic adaption uh where like we have a sort of set point of happiness and any move away from that is going to be temporary so it's good for resilience but it does also mean that when you get you know when you get a promotion when you get more money uh that the like the joy that you feel from having it is only temporary um and you you enjoy having it less than you would suffer from not having it. Um, So, you know, and I think lots of us are on that um, treadmill, you know, without even realising it. So it's like, you always need like a better job, more money, a better car, a bigger house, um, you know, better holidays, all of that stuff. When actually, um, you know, what most of us need to work on is being content in, uh, in the process and in the journey. So some of the things that happen with that, uh, that help with that are, um, you know, like finding a state of flow. So finding something that you really like from like yoga to knitting to gardening, whatever it is that you like to do, and just make sure that you have some time, regular time, where you give yourself a break from your own thoughts and you're only thinking about what you're doing. Um, that's really good like delayed gratification so um you know sort of foregoing the like immediate buzz for something that's going to be um you know more substantial and longer lasting and then just like actively sort of seeking out pleasure as opposed to achievements so um you know finding things that you really enjoy no matter how small they are rather than you know, rather than thinking, I'll be happy when I get X, Y, Z, just try and find something that's going to make you really give you like a real burst of happiness in like the more sort of immediate or medium term. So I think, you know, all of that stuff is a really good way to sort of step away and I genuinely think that if you're if you're feeling more happy and content you can't be bothered to be judgmental about other people because of what like why does it matter what anyone else is doing
0: yeah absolutely and I think that there's some really helpful things there that we can actually start to do but I also hear that you have a new book in the pipeline can you just tell us a little bit about what that is about
1: yeah so what I just spoke about is actually sort of uh, step two of the new book which is called five steps to financial well-being it's out in March um, and it's essentially sort of like a guide to like changing your relationship with money and how your life can change alongside that so the first step is um sort of dealing with any of your financial baggage from the past so like all of those feelings of shame and um you know any sort of uh ha- like financial hangover you might have from the past then uh separating your self-worth from your net worth which is all the stuff that we just talked about but in a lot more detail um with those more sort of practical stuff Then living with a budget, um, how you can reframe budgeting to be sort of part of your life rather than something that you do every now and again, like a sort of crash diet. Uh, Then uh, it's um, learning to spend mindfully and then planning for the future. So it's all hopefully like really tailorable to lots of different uh, circumstances because everyone has different financial circumstances. But I also think that most people struggle in some way in their relationship with money so hopefully it can be you know helpful to sort of quite a broad church of people um and it is genuinely like the the sort of five principles that have really helped me to you know have like this more sort of peaceful and positive relationship with money rather than it being sort of fraught and anxious
2: honestly I totally agree and I think I mean I work with people on kind of all ends of the spectrum when it comes to money and yeah I know from my work that people who have the most money can be more financially stressed than people who have the least and it just it can be such a huge cause of stress and discontent no matter what your position is objectively so I think you're right. I think that will really appeal to such a broad audience and speak to so many people and I mean I'm sure our listeners will be familiar with you already but for anyone who isn't where can they find you and get access to your books your Instagram everything you're putting out there
1: so you can find me on Instagram uh I'm at my frugal year it's probably the best place to come um and then books available to order from basically anywhere that you get your books from. uh, Waterstones, Hive, Amazon, even. um, And yeah, you can also sort of come onto the Financial Wellbeing Forum to get access to some sort of free resources and loads of articles, etc. Yeah, so you can find me lots of places.